The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to At daybreak on the first day of the week, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were puzzling over this, behold, two men in dazzling garments appeared to them. They were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. They said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has been raised. Remember what he said to you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and announced all these things to the eleven and to all the others. The women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James. The others who accompanied them also told this to the apostles. But the story seemed like nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bent down, and saw the burial cloths alone. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As I was praying with uh, the scriptures this week, And asking myself, what does Easter mean? A story came to mind. When I was was at St. Mary's in Alton, I was pastor there for 16 years. And first thing I did as pastor, one of the first things I did every uh, all 16 years, was I had a jelly bean contest at Easter time. Probably the best thing I ever did as pastor of those 16 years. <laughs> and we had a school, and so I, I did three different jelly bean jars. And I actually did one for teachers, but the teachers had paper clips and, and other things, you know, that was related to school in their jar. And so I had one for ki- uh, preschool and kindergarten. And then in first grade, and then from second grade to uh, fifth grade, I had a medium jar. And then for the sixth to eighth graders, I had this big jelly bean jar. And the kids at the beginning of, of Lent, I brought the jelly bean jars over to the school and they could look at them. They couldn't touch them. And then probably uh, two weeks later, three weeks later, Every class took turns, and they made a guess at the jelly bean contest. And so they all submitted them, 
And then on the last day of school, before Easter, I would announce the winners. And I had this stupid little hat that had Easter bunny ears coming out like this. And I would announce the winner. And my friend Trina made up these Easter baskets. Oh, she loaded them with chocolate, with all these really cool things. And then I would attach a $20 bill to that basket. And they were wrapped really pretty. And so I would announce the, the name of the winner. Well, every year, you know, you announce the name and everyone goes, Aye. you know, everyone clapped. This one particular year, um, I came to the, the sixth through eighth grade jelly bean winner. And the kid came within two jelly beans. 4,844 jelly beans. He guessed 4,842. Amazing. And when I announced the winner, I said the winner is Anthony. They didn't go like this. The whole school stood up and went, Oh! And he just went absolutely crazy. And Anthony came walking down the, the center aisle and he got his thing and he was holding it up. And the kids went all crazy. The, the, the teachers went crazy. Everyone went crazy. Why? Anthony had autism. He had autism. And in the third grade, uh, it was bad enough that we asked his parents to take him to a special school. It wasn't fair. He was being left behind, and we thought maybe it'd be better for him to go to a special needs school. So he went there, and he did horrible, absolutely horrible. He did not succeed at all. He actually went inside of himself, and he did terrible. And so his mother and father came back, and they begged us. They begged the principal and I to take Anthony back in third or fourth grade. You know, it's one of those things, you know, your pastor, your principal, you have 20-some kids in the class, and a kid with autism, you know, sometimes he would, you know, when he gets nervous or he gets excited, he would, you know, start making noises and making gestures with his body, and it would be disruptive. And there's 18 other kids in the class. And when you take time to, to help Anthony, then you're taking time away from all 18 kids or 20 kids or 25 kids. It's not fair. So what do you do? And the mother just begged me. She said, Father, please. He's not going to college. I want him into Catholic school because that's where his friends are at. Principal and I, we tossed and turned with us, read a story. The story was absolutely perfect. The story was about Jeremy. Jeremy was a boy that had a twisted body and a very, very slow mind. I don't really know what was wrong with Jeremy. And it was a similar situation. Jeremy was 12 years old and he was in the second grade. He was in the second grade with 18 other kids. He would make noises, he would grunt, he would sometimes drool. Sometimes he would just stare with a penetrating stare. 
and you just wonder if, if he was understanding anything you said. The teacher said the same thing as we did to uh, the parents of Anthony. Said to the parents of Jeremy, made the same argument, and the parents came back and said the same thing. This was a Catholic school as well. And he said, this would destroy him. And there's no other special needs school in the area. The teacher just was tormented by this as we were. Comes the spring, this was in the dead of winter, comes spring, and uh, Easter is approaching. All the kids are excited about Easter, and so in this Catholic school, they, she teaches the kids about Easter, how Jesus died and rose again. That's what Easter is about. And it's also a time of spring. And so she gave the class an assignment. She told all the kids to take a plastic egg, and she wanted them to bring it back the next day with something inside of it, something that said life. As springtime is, brings forth new life, she said, put in the egg something that symbolizes life. The whole time, Jeremy is staring at her, that penetrating stare. Didn't say a word. Next day, the kids brought their, their eggs back, and they placed them in this wicker basket. And the teacher, you know, took it, the first one out, and first one had a flower. And she goes, oh, look, a flower. She says, yes, a flower is a symbol of life. And Mary was sitting in the front row. Mary goes, teacher, that was mine. And she goes, very nice, Mary. Next one was a plastic butterfly. And the teacher goes, a butterfly is a symbol of life as well. Caterpillar becomes a butterfly in a cocoon. Beautiful symbol of life. Judy in the back row goes, Teacher, that was mine. Very good. Next one she brings out, it's a rock with moss on it. Teacher kind of looked like that. and um, Yeah, I guess a rock can, is a symbol of, right? Even moss can grow on it. And Billy goes, That was mine, Teacher. My dad helped me. And she goes, I can tell. <laughs> Next one is Jeremy's. It's empty. Teacher looks empty. She knew it was Jeremy's. She didn't want to embarrass him, so she puts it aside and she goes to reach for another one. And Jeremy says, Teacher, that was my egg. Aren't you going to say anything about it? And the teacher says, But Jeremy, your, your, your egg is empty. And he said, I know. So was Jesus' tomb. And she said, do you, Jeremy, do you know why Jesus' tomb was empty? And he said, yeah, I know. You told us bad people put him to death. And his father raised him to new life. Three months later, Jeremy died. People went to the funeral home. Some were puzzled because there were 19 plastic eggs on his casket. Every one of them were empty. Anthony, Jeremy, those kids reminded me what Easter was about.
Easter is about God saying to all of us that everyone in this world has a place in it. Every person has a place in this world. And every person has a place in the life to come in God's world. Sometimes we forget that.